0: In today's podcast, 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 we are going to learn, learn, learn about whatever I say. Podcast, podcast, podcast. Everyone out there in podcast land, let me know, know, know what. No. You want to hear today? We're going to hear today. Now I'm just being weird. I had to do this. I think this is funny. It's probably really silly, but I thought it'd be funny to try that. Sorry, that was a little too weird, but I had to. My 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 microphone was like, and I was like, I have to do it. I have to do it. And then I was like, I have to record it. And I was like, they're going to find this weird. But what are we going to learn today's podcast, everyone out there in podcast land? Let me know what you think about what we learn. Welcome back. It's me, the Susan Anime, and you are listening to Slop Under the Sea with me. And we will be talking about movies, TV shows, books, fun holidays, everything from other countries to does this still hold up to this day? From like Rub Rats to like As Told by Ginger to Movie Monday to True Creepy Things Tuesday to whatever I feel like talking about because this is my podcast. And I hope you all will stay and listen to me and have some good old-fashioned podcast fun. And we'll try to stay as calm as we can. But let's get into it and let's all have some fun listening. And you can also see me sometimes on YouTube doing my podcast as well. Okay, here we go. So, for Movie Monday, I only got halfway through the movie because the dog went, actually, barely halfway through the movie because my dog wouldn't even let me watch it. Yeah, she was giving me attitude about it. And apparently, like, I could not find any good comments about this movie anyway. It is called Six Toppers. Movie Monday, Six Tuplets, is a 2019 American comedy film directed by Michael Tatus from a screenplay by Mike Glocks, Rick, and Marlon. It stars Marlon Waynes and Brisha Webb and follows a man who sets out to find his long lost siblings after discovering he is one of six tablets his mother had. The film was digitally released on Netflix on August 16th, 2019. An expecting father seeks his birth mother and discovers he has five other siblings born from the same pregnancy. He tries to track them down before his baby is born. He first meets with his brother Russell and the pair go on a road trip to find their other siblings. Don is a stripper serving time in a woman's prison. Ethan is a hustler who dresses and talks like a 70s pimp. While Jasper is marked for his red hair and light complexion. And baby Petty suffers from polio. My notes. Guy does not know his birth family. His wife is having a baby. She has... He wants to see his mother. But she has passed on. But he and Russell are twins. But instead, he finds out Mother had six babies. That's as far as I got, truthfully. So, I'm gonna add what happened this weekend. I really did not have a good book. But I did read a book. And here's the thing. I like the book. I don't want to spoil the book. But I have I have what it says for the book one. Okay, it's called a school frozen in time from two star creator Nasha awkward comes a psychological horror story filled with twist turns and hard truth about the lives of high school students and the pressure they face in the modern society on a snowy school day. All nope, snowy school day like any other classmates and childhood friends. Hashi and Mosiki, I am so sorry, I am not very good with Japanese names, arrive at school, unless I hear it over and over and over again, to find the campus eerily empty. Before long, they find themselves trapped inside with six other friends, and even strangers. All the clocks have stopped. at a specific moment, the exact time when a former classmate jumped off the school roof, to their death three months earlier, it turns out that this departed friend is, there, is their way out of their current predicament. It may even be among their group, but no one can remember who it was that took their life on this sad day. The students must face themselves and their past memories to piece together the identity of the suicide victim or risk a similar fate, with the lies lost and forgotten inside these frigid school halls. I like the story. It's definitely something I like. It's got a little bit of horror, a little bit of mission, a little bit of thriller. It's like why I didn't want to talk about it, because I didn't want to literally get spoilers. But, you know... I found some basic information about it and there's hardly anything about it online which is why like like between this and the movie I hardly have like a four minute podcast. What am I going to do? Ah! Not good. But then I'm like okay add them together because that's what happens. And this weekend I was supposed to go to the zoo. For my birthday, but it was snowing, then raining, and then raining, and then sunny, and then cold, and then sunny. I'm like, "Why is the weather so crazy?" Then I remember in March,
1: and I'm like, oh, "Of
0: course, my March weather." I mean, I was literally born during an ice storm. Yeah, yeah. an ice storm, like Elsa, the Snow Queen, but weirder because I was born during an ice storm. Like, how weird is that? And then the weather's always been messed up around my birthday. So it's always hard to plan anything. At all. Ever. It's super frustrating. Okie dokie, Artichoke. It's time for an ad break slash sponsor. So I hope y'all listen and keep on tuning in. Because we will continue this conversation after our ad slash sponsor. I hope y'all tune back in for more of this podcast. And I hope the ad and sponsor is a good one, Artichokey. Okie dokie, Artichoki. Add break, it's now. Okay, so when it was raining and I literally can't remember if I fell asleep or just didn't feel great. I was having some sleepwalking issues, yeah, definitely wasn't a good day. So, with that being said, I decided to find some interesting facts about books because this is a bookland slash like movie Monday, which didn't get anywhere because my dog would not let me. It was a she was trying to literally yell at me. The earliest work of literature. Thurley's work known of literature is an epic poem titled The Epic of Glossmith. The ancient poem is the ancient M E S O P T A M I A because paper books did not exist at the time. The whole table is told on twelve tablets. Tablets tablets yeah. Today, the Epic of Gossam is available on a digital tablet or e-reader, the first modern novel. The Tale of Guinea is the world's first novel as we know it. M-U-R-A-S-K-I-S- No, M-U-R-A-S-A-K-I-S-H-I-K-I-U-B- a noble woman and lady-in-waiting wrote the novel in the 11th century, Japan. It's the original edition. Almost none of the characters have names. and referred to by titles. I went too far. And honors because of Japanese court. The first published book? Janus G. The Ziphyland Gugrid printed the first ever press book. The Gronenberg Bible in 1453. Gontenberg not only printed the revolutionary book, he invented the printing press himself. Bible and the Gunnerberg Press are considered to have Unushered in a new era in human history, the first book composed on a typewriter, Mark Twain's Life on the Mississippi, is considered by historians to be the first fully typewritten manuscript sent to a publisher. In Mark Twain's 1904 autobiography, he masturbated this to the adventure of Tom Sawyer which typically ends up on the fact list instead. There are tons of books out there. There are an estimate 7,055.75 new books are published every year. And of May 2017, there are an estimate 134 slash 399 slash 411 total books in the world. That's a lot of books. The largest book ever. The largest book in the world is located in Mandea, in Mahanamar, in Birmingham. The collection of tablets bears the complete scripture of Buddhism. I can't pronounce this word and I don't even think I could spell it. The Padnam features a collection of 73 marble tablets surrounding The base of its structure, double sided with text. Built this large stone book in 1857, the giant table originally featured golden ink. Uh, I'll be right back. I think I hear something. Okay, so the dog ate and interrupted me. Uh, oh, what a weird day. I try to get the stuff before Jade gets home. <laughs> and this is what I get. Interrupted by the adorable dog. Next will be the cat. that's my grandma was interrupting me. I'm like, dude, I was not coming up here to have a conversation about this, that, and the other thing. I only gave up because the dog made me. And then she was, like, talking in my ear. I'm like, dude, I was in the middle of... Working! It's like my word space. <laughs> okay. The largest published book. Oh, now I'm tired because I just ran up and down the stairs. Oh. Okay, the largest pu- book ever published in a central manner is a Brazilian copy of The Little Prince. By Anton D. Saint. The extra large edition of The Little Prince measures 3.08 meters wide and 2.01 meters high. The longest novel ever, the longest novel ever written is Remembrance of Things Past by Markle Toss. <sighs> The novel is estimated to have whoa nine slash six oh nine slash zero 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 characters. The longest audiobook ever, the world's longest audiobook published in twenty nope in two thousand eight, is almost five days long. Seriously, the audiobook consists of lectures from a the officer, poet, and literature second from Japan. The thickest book ever published, um, The Complete Marvel. the most expensive book ever, the most expensive book in the world, is the first edition of the Bay Palms book, Chamber, Massachusetts in 1640 some weird histories in these books. Okay, so let's read some other interesting facts about books that maybe we didn't know. Oh, if I could settle down. I'm a little whew, worn out. I might have to get some, like, lemonade or sugar. Jeez. The dog was just wearing me out and then my grandma was tip Talk, talk 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 about buying clothes and going through clothes and I'm like, making extra work for yourself for some reason. <laughs> but okay. Okay, on September 12, 1895, a Nebraska named Jesse Allen died of tuberculosis. Tuberculosis, Such deaths were a common occurrence at the turn of the 20th century. But Allen's case of composiment apparently came from an unusual source. An unusual source. She was a library at the Omaha Public Library, and thanks to a common fear of the time, people worried that Allen's terminal illness may have come from a book. The death of Miss Jessie Allen is dotably sad because of the excellent reputation which her work won for her, and pleasant affection which all librarians who knew her had come to feel for her, and because her death has given rise to a fresh discussion as to the possibility of infection from contagious diseases through literature books. The library journal published by American Library Association Wrote in October of eighteen ninety-five. Allen's death occurred during what is sometimes called the Great Book Scare. The scare, now mostly forgotten, was a frantic panic during the late nineteen. in early 20th century, the contaminated books, particularly ones, lent out from libraries, could possibly spread deadly disease. The panic sprung from the public understanding of the cause of the disease as germs. Said Annika Manna, a professor at Arizona State University and the author of "Reading the Hazards of Reading in Age of Print." Librarians worried that Ellen's death, which became a focal point of the scares, would discourage people from borrowing books and would lend to a decline in support for public libraries. Possibly there is some danger from the source, since the bulkitis was discovered, danger is bound to lurk in places unsuspected. But the great danger, perhaps, comes in overestimating the source of danger, and threatening people into a nervous condition. About concerns about spreading disease through the lending of books would have serious impact on the professional and group of librarians. At the time, when support for public librarians was growing nationwide, book lending. Instruction based a major change from the disease scare. Illnesses was referred in this period in both Britain and the United States, including tuberculosis, smallpox and scarlet fever were taking a fearful toll in urban areas. According to scholar Greenberg nineteen eighty eight, article books as Disease Carries eighteen eighty eight to nineteen. 19- for a policy that was already on edge about fatal disease and the ideal of library books passing from hand to hand books were viewed as a possible vessel of disease transmission for several reasons at a time when public libraries were relatively new it was easy to worry about who had last handled a book and whether they might have been ill Books that appeared to be, again, might control disease that could be unleashed in the act of opening them. Man is said, people were concerned about health conditions caused by inhaling book dust, Greenberg writers, and the possibility of contacting cancer by coming in contact with tissue upon the pages. The great book scare reached fever pitch in the summer of 1879. Manon says that year a librarian in Chicago named W. F. Poley reported he had been asked whether books could transmit disease upon further investigation. Pole located several doctors who claimed to have knowledge of disease spreading books. People in England started asking the same question, and concerns about disease books developed rapidly. In the United States and Britain, Manon said, a wave of languish in the United Kingdom sought to attack the problem. Although the Public Health Act of 1875 didn't refer specially to book, library books, it did prohibit lending, ben, bending clothing, rags, or other things that had been exposed to infection. The law was updated in 1907 with reference to the dangers of spread disease via book lending. And those suspects of having an infectious disease were forbidden to borrow, lend, or return library books with fines up of with fines up, up to 40 shillings for crimes, um, roughly $200 today. If any person knows that he is suffering from an infectious disease, he shall not take any book, or use, or cause any book to be taken for his use from any public or circulating library. Stated section 39 the D9 of Britain Public Health Act. Amendment, of seven in the United States illustration to prevent the spread of uh, through book booklining was left to the state across the nation were located around the institution of the library and around the book. Librarians were victimized among the growing scare. In response to the public, librarians were, libraries were expected to disinfect books suspected of carrying diseases. Enormous methods were used for disinfecting books, cooling, holding the book in vapor from cobaltic acid crystals heated in an oven in Shuffle, England, and sterilization via Forman solution in Pennsylvania, according to Greenberg and New York. Books were disinfected with steam. The study, German, re- revealed that. Solid books pass pages rubbed with their fing- wet fingers, yield many mic- microfibers. Jesus, this is a lot of information. An accurate experiment named William R. Repnik was concerned about multiple supposed illness and death from books. To test the dangers of contacting diseases, Graven he exposed 40 guinea pigs, which I don't like, to pages from containing books. According to William, all 40 of his test subjects died. Elsewhere, experiments involved, giving a monkey a drink of milk on a platter of contaminated literature, as man writes in. All the experience may have been extremely unusual, but they ultimately came to similar conclusions. However, slight the risk of the infection from a book might be, it could be completely discounted. Newspapers also refer to the danger of disease spreading books. An early reference in a Chicago Daily Tribune from June 29 eighteen seventy nine mentioned that the character of containing disease from library books is very similar, but not ruled out entirely. The items to be removed from the room of the sick. Eight days later, another Ohio newspaper, the Ohio Democrat outline declared the disease has been spread by circulating libraries. Picture books having been taken, therefore, to assume the patient and return without being disinfected. A newspaper continued to cover the topic of fever. By, by 1900, press was starting to mount. In January, Pennsylvania ordered libraries to halt book distribution to prevent the spread of scarlet fever. According to Greenberg, the use of chemicals to sterilize books became more common, even though such practices were also thought to be harm the books. But as bad as stimulation was, a worse doom on the horizon. That is a lot of information. So let's try some other stuff. Spoken Word and Cave drawings. Before we had books, we had stories. Storytellers was a com- common act, a retelling of daily life to teach a lesson. It's still a warning or simply to entertain. Storytelling was a com- common old way of sharing joy and keeping the dark or danger at bay. This is how fairy tales began and how legends and spoken word found its power. I found that kind of interesting. Okie okay, dokie, artichokey. It's time for an ad break slash sponsor. So I hope y'all listen and Okay. Alongside storytelling, there were many examples of old civilization recording their lives through cave drawings or stone carvings. But the earliest example of writing, either on stone slabs or impressed onto pieces of bark, were more to record numbers, list, or convey information. People needed to document their accounts. So, in fact, the very first written note was more to convey mess than literature. Scrolls and pages, the ancient Egypt were the first society to use pages such as they did this by waving together dreams of a pussy plant, then flattened the woven streams by pounding them flat. This created a page which when glued together became a scroll. This technique was used for hundreds of years and the Greeks and Romans soon adapted. They would carefully wrap the scroll around a large piece of wood so it could be stored or transported and then unwound in a very grand gesture to be read out loud. This method was used until the 8th century AD, slightly before this time in another part of the world. Parchment such as calfskin or deerskin began to be used as it was less likely to tear and there was a shortage of papyrus. The parchment would be treated in a light glint then written over in ink. I have to pause again, so sorry. beginning of picture books around 600 AD beautiful hand sketched illustrations began appearing on parchment these colorful mystological drawn pictures were called illuminated manuscripts and were wonderful to be held they held despite the story or effort to the importance of the message on the parchment really this was the beginning of a picture book Greeks and Romans also invented wax tablets, which were blocks of wood layered with wax so you could stretch a message into them, then erase them, and reuse them. Then again and again, sort of like an edgy sketch, the first actual book written on paper is said to be made in China. It was great using marble, hem, bark, and even fish to form a big that could be pressed and dried to form paper. Each sheet of paper was roughly the size of a newspaper and called a leaf as soon as the leaf was printed upon with ink by using wooden print blocks. It was known as a foil, which is another word for leaf. The first ever book. Generally, individual books, which were highly Precise or foreign. Some of those books held highly important information, or religious texts, and others told glorious, wicked, or wonderful stories. The first book ever written that we know of is the Great Epic of G-I-L-G-A-M-E-S-H, a mythical telling of an important political figure from history. In the 14th century, The J.I.K.J.I. was printed in Korean in movable type, a collection of Buddhist Zen, published in book clubs. In 1832, the first book cover appeared, and American Britain books which cost a penny were rewriters of gothic horror and stories that soon earned themselves the nickname penny. However, not everyone could afford a penny per book. So, groups of friends got together to split the cost and enjoy the dark, gory stories together. These were the first book clubs. Also, in the 19th century, aspiring publishers started printing hard book covers aimed at wealthier households. There was a lot of snobby around the difference in books. Hardbacks were thought to be great works of fine literature and papers were thought to be less intelligent or silly. Two American brothers named Olio set up a publishing company with books out by mail order. It went through some hard times but eventually triumphant and became Random House. The Byron brothers were closely followed in 1935 by Penguin. Oh, I know Penguin, I think they're still around to this day. A hugely successful British publisher that printed clear brand books that appeared to everyone. That was only the start of the publisher world as we know it, and it blossomed even further when the aversion of mainstream. Computers, books on tape, or CD, autobooks, and even e-books of Kindle. People are reading and accessing stories in many different formats with companies shipping to seven corners of the world. All stories are equal. Books are a global phenomenon, and like stories, they belong to everyone. No singular set of characters nor type of story has any authority over another. Just like all culture, history, and religion, all stories have a place upon the bookcase of the library of the world. For more, holding a psychological physical book in my hand, whether it's a hardback, a paperback, whatever. So there is so many different stories about books. And different types of books. And different things. It's interesting. I hope y'all enjoyed this Moody Monday slash book review and talk. I hope y'all are enjoying my podcast. I hope y'all like my new ad little thing. I also got a new microphone and I'm so obsessed with it. Like, I could tell these stories with this microphone. Stories of my day. Today, I woke up and I was exhausted, dude. Seriously. Oh. The time changed where I live. It's awful. We lost an hour's sleep and so I took a nap when I got home. And then when I woke up, I was like refreshed and ready to go. It's like, I needed that. But I remember even when I was in school, when the times changed, people were either really tired, the teachers were tired, the kids were tired, they were like, let's watch a movie, let's talk less, let's just sit here quiet, let's just read to like they were too tired to even notice. I'm like, okay. So I'm like, I'm tired too. And then there's like times I get so much energy and they're like well, where you got all this energy and I'm like, I don't know. It's really quite annoying. But like a lot of the time when the time changes where I live, everyone is exhausted. And I'll admit it is tiring. I'm tired. I'm still a little tired. Really, people say it's similar to jet lag, which I find interesting, because I was not sure if that would be considered jet lag or not. I also find it interesting that I am so tired. I hope y'all enjoyed this weird podcast today, and let me know what you want to hear on my podcast more. Do you want to hear more dark, history? more creepy things, more happy things, what's going on in the world, let me know. I hope y'all like. You can check me out on Facebook, YouTube, TikTok. I also have another podcast. I hope y'all enjoyed this podcast. Bye for now. Over and out.